Assalamu alaikum to everyone listening. Welcome to the Valley Ranch Islamic Center podcast. I'm your host, Shela Faizi, and today I will be talking to Sadaf Ahmed about her Hajj experience. How are you, Sadaf? I'm doing well, alhamdulillah. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. Now, Sadaf, even though Hajj is a once-in-a-lifetime obligation for all Muslims, but everyone has a different experience at Hajj. So tell me, what was your Hajj experience? And start from the beginning. I mean, was your Hajj planned or unplanned? Um, so it's hard to just say it in a few words, but I, I guess I'll, I'll try my best. Um, so it was definitely planned. Um, when my husband and I got married, it was, we got married in 2018. And so it was something that was like on the top of our list to, mm-hmm. to get done at the very start. And, um, something that we, we, we planned from the get go, I guess, right. for lack of better words. Um, so it was definitely planned. Uh, I guess we were blessed in that sense because 2019 is, was the last year of groups from outside of Saudi. Um, and when we look back at it, even at that time, we were, should we wait another year? Should we um, push it off a bit? And uh, I mean, looking at it now, we're just grateful that we were able to get it in um, when we did. Uh, yes, most definitely. You are off the lucky ones so far. And we pray that, you know, Hajj opens up soon when things become better, that we can all do this again. We can't do it right now, but your story and the stories that we're sharing through the podcast definitely help other people sort of connect to the ritual that we all miss so much. But tell us from your experience yeah. when you were at Hajj 2019 or preparing for Hajj for 2019, um, where do you think you were mentally before you went on Hajj? Were you nervous at all? Uh, definitely nervous, definitely uh, worried about doing things wrong. Um, so we tried our best to prepare in any, every way possible. Um, mm-hmm. We would do things like uh, take extra long walks when it was super hot outside. Wow. <laughs> just to prepare for, for that environment, um, walking a lot during Hajj. Um, but then also we would attend workshops, whether it was online or in person, mm-hmm. um, read through different books, make sure that we had the steps understood well, because we didn't want to be um, there uh, on site at Hajj and right. not know or not understand a certain ritual of Hajj. So um, right. it was something we planned for well in advance. Um, and just living in the Valley Ranch community, we have a lot of resources around us um, in order to do that. So we're definitely grateful for that. Right. Uh, No, but tell me, you know, because um, there are generally two ways that people go about it. They either go for Hajj individually or they go through groups. Did you go in a group or did you go just husband and wife? Um, We went just, well, we went just as husband and wife, but with a group. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think my question was, was uh, like, it's usually either through a group that you're going or, you know, you do it privately. That's what I was, uh, what I was getting at. Oh, I, yeah. What I uh, wanted to ask was that as a group, then uh, you did your prep with the group or I guess with the group and separately. Uh, it was a little bit of both. It was with the group and, and separately. We, we went with a group um, called Hilal Hajj. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually Shahomar's group. Um, and so there were a couple of sessions beforehand. Um, and then they also created like a WhatsApp group where people could ask questions and make sure that everybody had the supplies that they needed and things like that. Right. Um, so some of it was with the group and then some of it was just outside of the group on our own as well. Right. And after all the prep work was done and the final moment to leave for Hajj had happened and you both of you arrived there. 
Can you tell us a little bit about what expectations you guys had before you had arrived for Hajj versus the reality of it? I mean, was there a stark difference? Um, so I wouldn't say that there was too much of a difference. I think the biggest thing uh, that we were trying to prepare ourselves for, for what were the, the crowds and the heat. Right. <laughs> Outside of like the ritual aspects of Hajj, just um, preparing ourselves for that environment. Um, when it came to the reality of it, I don't think anything can really fully prepare you for what it's like to experience and go through the motions of Hajj. It's like right. once you're there, it's, it's very surreal. Right. Um, our group began uh, our trip in Medina. We started in, in Medina before going over to Mecca when uh, the days of Hajj began. Right. Um, and I think that was better in the sense of it was a much calmer start. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of getting thrown right into it. Um, right. And so it was, it was a much calmer start where we could kind of take things in, understand that we're about to prepare for, you know, this journey of a lifetime. Right. Um, and so in that regard, it was really nice um, because we, we were expecting to be just thrown right into it. Um, right. But starting in Medina, I think it gave us a big benefit of um, just preparing even more. Like we're, we're getting closer to it. So we're setting ourselves up for what's to come next. Right. Um, And that's the thing. I mean, you started off in Medina. I think what I would love to ask you is that what was your moment in Medina first, that when you first arrived there, what was that one moment, one, I guess, feeling, I think most people would love to know when you first arrived in Medina. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny, right when we got to the hotel, uh, we just immediately unloaded our stuff, got freshened up a bit and went straight to the masjid because we just couldn't wait to just kind of be in that environment. Um, mm. So I just remember that, that feeling of rush of wanting to be there. Like we traveled right. all this way and we've been dreaming of this moment of being um, being in that in the masjid. Right. And so just that feeling of, OK, we're finally here. What are we waiting for? We're not going right. to spend Anytime in the hotel, we just want to go. I don't care how long we just traveled. Right. Um, so there was a lot of excitement there. Um, and then there, the other aspect of it was there is already such big crowds there as well. Right. It's like no matter the time of the day, um, how late at night it was, it's like there's so many people from all aspects of life. Um, right, right. And how did it feel when you first stepped into the masjid? How did it feel? It was just a feeling of like calmness coming mm-hmm. over you um it's like it's so hard to describe it's just this this feeling where you finally feel at peace surrounded by from all walks of life and you just feel completely at peace like um in that moment in time and also just like immense gratitude for even being able to have the opportunity to step foot in the masjid alhamdulillah and now let's move on from medina to Mecca. When you arrive in Mecca, how, what was your Hajj moment there? Um, so there's so many, it's hard to pick one. Um, I would say the, uh, the Hajj moment. You can account them all. Uh, I'm not going to stop you from that. So that you can go one by one. Yeah. Um, so the first one definitely that stands out to me was being in the camps of Minna. Um, mm. And there, there's like hundreds of thousands of people there. And, and again, it goes back to just realizing that there are people from all walks of life that are coming into this one location in order to fulfill this obligation. Mm -hmm. And you see people who are struggling and sleeping literally outside on the street. 
Mm-hmm. And then you see people who are in these fancy tents and mm-hmm. people who are kind of in the middle as well. It's like all sorts of people. And then uh, like, it's this maze of tents you're just walking through. And then you realize how, how little you really are in the bigger picture of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you're walking through the maze of tents to find a bathroom, for example. And suddenly you realize there is such a long line right. <laughs> just to use the bathroom. And so it's just like, it forces you to be patient in ways that you never had to be patient before. And um, it just really humbles you and makes you grateful for, for the lifestyle that we lead here. Right. So after Mina, from Mina, you went to Arafa. I think yes. what people, you know, when they are looking forward to Hajj, Arafa is the day that everybody has in their heart. How was Arafa for you? So at first, it felt a little bit intimidating. Like mm-hmm. the night before you're staying in this tent in Mina and you're right. trying to mentally prepare yourself for the next day right. because you know, like that, that's it, that, that Hajj is Arafa and that you want to make the most of it. And so it feels a bit intimidating and daunting because it's like, what if I miss out? What if I'm too tired? Right. What if I don't sleep enough tonight? So it's a lot of what ifs, but then once you are there, it's again, that feeling of like just calmness that overcomes and, and you realize like, you know, I can think of all the du'as that um, I want to, I can write down as many as I want to, but then at the same time, we just have to trust that Allah puts you in that moment to be there and he's going to take care of your needs. And you just, it's very humbling again, even just talking about it now, it just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Because I remember that day, yeah, I remember that day going in, I was exhausted because of course Mm -hmm. I didn't sleep the night before. And so I was like, how am I going to survive this day? It's so hot outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have this expectation of like, people think that, oh, you're supposed to go on the actual mountain and you have to be there. And then that's not the case at all. There are mm-hmm. tents, there's shade, there's restrooms, there's lots of comfort all around you. Right. Um, and at one point I just remember getting so drowsy because of how, you know, how, when it's really hot outside, mm-hmm. it just makes you sleepy. Right. Maybe that's just me and I'm just weird. I don't know. No, no. That, that's a universal thing. I trust okay. me. So that- <laughs> yeah. So I just remember at one point I was like, I don't know how to get through this day. So I just went and got some coffee, um, mm-hmm. which didn't really help, but it, um, I was just trying to figure out how to get more energy to continue to get through the day and be conscious in the eyes that I was making. Right. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the afternoon heat, it just started, you just see, see the clouds coming over and the, it starts to trickle rain and oh, it's like, oh, subhanallah. <laughs> so I don't know where it just started pouring down and you only see like all these people just fro- frozen in time, just standing in the rain, getting soaked and just having their hands up making dua. And it's just a, like a moment I'll never forget. It was just amazing because it's like, it's one thing to like, okay, it's raining but it's raining in Arafa and mm. it was so hot, it was such relief. And it was just such an amazing feeling. And I know that there have been other days, um, other moments where it did rain like that during Arafa, but it just, when you're in it, it just feels so special. And you just feel like there's just so much relief from the heat and you're able to function again. And it was just really uh, an amazing moment. Subhanallah. I, I think you, you nailed it because Again, it's one of the rahmas that come from come from the heavens and as definitely Absolutely. a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, so you that was your special <laughs> moment of Arafah. And Absolutely. then 
you had completed your Hajj. Any memories from that, from the very, the very final moments of Hajj? Yeah, so after after the day of Arafah, around Maghrib time, we shifted over to Muzdalifah, which is mm-hmm. uh, just an open-air desert. And our group had actually arrived there fairly early on um, in the evening. And so we were able to find a spot and get situated pretty easily. And we were there for the night. Mm-hmm. But then what you start realizing is there are buses, busloads of people coming in mm-hmm. after. And I still have pictures and images and videos of, of that night. Mm-hmm. But every inch of space is filled with a person. Right. And you just realize how we're all back in this moment, um, literally on the floor of the desert, laying mm-hmm. under the stars and humbling ourselves and reminding ourselves of where we really came from and what we're going to go back to eventually one day as well. Um, I just remember being in awe of the amount of people that were in that one space in that one moment of time. And again, just going back, I keep, I know I keep saying this, but just going back to really being humbled um, with how little we are, um, no matter like where we come from, we're all just on this equal playing, even playing field. Um, where everybody's just the same. We're all wearing the same clothes. We're right. all, you know, just as tired. It doesn't matter what status you are. Everybody's right. just sort of leveled and it just really humbles you and makes you very grateful. I think most people don't realize, but Muzdalifa is the ultimate equalizer. Um, you don't it have is. any fancy tents, any fancy hotels, no fancy beds. It's just exactly. you under the stars with everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. And another night of no sleeping. <laughs> no sleeping. That's true. <laughs> no. And after your Hajj, I mean, I think what people would love to hear is that from your experience, how do you think the Hajj changed you, the both of you? I mean, you and your husband both went. What did it bring to your life? I think it just, I think it brought a lot of clarity. Um, like you re- reassess your purpose. Like, why are we even here? Um, What are we even doing? And just reassessing our goals in life and aligning them to like that bigger picture. Um, Both of us have these major goals that we want to accomplish, but you look at those goals and you, you question like, is this goal only going to bring me worldly success or is it going to bring me success in both the world and the hereafter as well? Mm -hmm. And so you, you kind of just reassess everything and, um, you, you try to check your intentions, at least for me personally, just checking my intentions on everything that I do, even if it's day-to-day tasks, like cooking for my family or driving out to get groceries or whatever it is, just rechecking your intentions and understanding that we're here for a bigger purpose and try, trying to make your everyday life around that bigger purpose. SubhanAllah. So the, I think that is so fantastic. I mean, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story. And even though most of us cannot make the journey this year, but listening to your Hajj experience definitely helps us all connect to this sacred pillar of Islam. Thank you so much. I hope so. No problem. And thank you to everyone who tuned into the Valley Ranch Islamic Center podcast and hope you join us again next time. Assalamu alaikum to everyone. <laughs>